Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to We Chat Divorce. Catherine and I welcome Jackie Pillsoff today, Editor-in-Chief of Divorce Girl Smiling. Divorce Girl Smiling is a community of support and connection where you can feel heard and understood. Our episode today is all about negative self-talk in divorce, how to reframe the way to speak to yourself about finances. In this episode, we'll discuss how to claim or take back your financial power and how to take steps toward being more kind and forgiving to yourself. Because you can do it, as Jackie says, and we're going to learn more about that. But first, let's meet Jackie. Jackie Pilosoff is the creator and editor-in-chief of Divorce Girl Smiling, a media company comprised of a website, podcast, mobile app, and professional resources. Launched as a blog in 2013, Jackie has grown Divorce Girl Smiling, also known as DGS, I love that, into a well-known marketing platform, brand, and global community. DGS has a mission to empower, connect, and inspire men and women before, during, and after divorce. Jackie holds a master's degree in broadcast journalism, is a former television news reporter and features reporter and writer for the Chicago Tribune. Her syndicated weekly column, Love Essentially, was published in the Pioneer Press, the Chicago Tribune, and all Tribune publishing editions for six and a half years. Jackie was also, excuse me, a Huffington Post divorce blogger for five years. Wow, Jackie, what a resume. Thanks, you guys. Thanks so much for having me. I love the DGS meets MDS. <laughs> oh, I like that too. Love yeah. it. And what divorce girl isn't smiling? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some who ha- who did a lot of negative self-talk. That's a really big, big thing in divorce. And I think people don't even know that. So I really look forward to our discussion today. Same here. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, of course. So Jackie, I would like to start out with sharing your story and hearing a little bit about your background and and what your experience was. Sure. So I got divorced uh, in 2007. And that was before people were doing Google searches or there was really nothing online. You didn't really go online, I don't think. I can't really remember. Or you didn't go online like you do now. So I was divorced, uh, getting divorced. I had two kids, three and five, no family in town, not one divorced friend. I didn't even know one person who was divorced. And it felt like I was on an island, like I was had no support. Nobody could understand how I was feeling. And it really felt lonely and isolating. And I'm a writer, you know, former broadcast journalist, Chicago Tribune writer. And so for me, 
it helped me so much to journal my pain and just journal what I was feeling. And then I thought, well, I need to share this with people. So I quickly shared, I mean, I shared my first post and then quickly I realized this is not about me. This is about everybody getting divorced who is looking for support and comfort and validation and just to meet other women and men too. And so Divorce Girl Smiling was born from that. And then it just grew as our media has changed. You know, I started a podcast, I started a mobile app, but I think the most noteworthy thing is that Divorce Girl Smiling has turned into a place for people to find trusted divorce professionals like MDS and a lot of other professionals because it was very hard to find trusted, vetted, good people to work with. And I love bringing that to people. So that's my story. That's so nice because, you know, you know, I went through my divorce 12 years ago, um, but it sounds so long. Oh my gosh, I feel like it's aging myself. But anyway, <laughs> so it's not, you know, finding that trusted advisor is so important, but just finding a place that you can relate to somebody else that's gone through it or has experienced it and makes you feel a little more normal. Or, you know, you can step, you can stop talking to yourself about everything that's going on, that, that you actually can go read an article or go listen to a podcast or go get financial guidance. Um, it's really such um, an honor for us to be able to provide that to anyone out there listening, because we know how sad it was when it wasn't there. I could not agree more. And I can't tell you how many emails I get from people saying like, you know exactly what I'm thinking. How do you know? And I'm like, it's pretty simple. I went through it. Mm -hmm. So I love helping people in that way. And then Catherine, you're right. Like giving people good professionals is so important in having a good post-divorce outcome. It's just key. I mean, you can't just look for lawyers and divorce processes online. It just doesn't work. And if they're vetted and they're trusted, you just, I'm doing that work for people. I'm vetting people so that I, I'm not saying my partners are the only good divorce professionals, but you know, they're going to be good if you go to the site. You know, if you're listening, what Jackie just said, that is not an easy task because I, myself personally, from the professional side and personal side, have been disappointed by a lot of professionals out there who claim to really care about the people going through the divorce process. So the fact that you're willing to jump in there and take off a level of that finding for somebody is really so valuable. It really is. It's a hard job. It's a hard job. Especially when you're under that kind of pressure and when you're getting divorced, you feel very vulnerable. You might not be making the best decisions. You might base your decisions on emotion. And, you know, the first divorce lawyer that I ever had a consult with, I literally left her office and was in tears because I was like, there's no way if this is a sample of what's out there, I'm in big trouble. And I was, it made it so much worse. Her name what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's probably a lot of names. And you know what? I feel like when you're going through a divorce, you're inundated with everyone having an opinion, comment, a recommendation. And it's really hard to know where to go and what to do and, you know, how to 
navigate. Um, so kudos to you. So moving on to our topic today, negative self-talk. Super common in divorce because it's kind of seen as a negative um, situation in life. And so people get really down on themselves. Maybe for the first time, they realize how vulnerable they are, fearful about their future. I call it people's story of themselves. So Jackie, let's talk about some examples of how, first of all, what that talk sounds like and then how people can reframe that talk to themselves. Sure. So this is going to sound really simplistic. And, and some people might be listening and say like, oh, I know that. But really, you don't. And you think you do. But I think especially women, divorced, even married, any woman, we talk to ourselves in such a mean way. You know, like... um, oh, I can't just believe I just did that. I'm so stupid, you know, or, oh, I can never get anything done. I'm, I'm, I'm just so bad at multitasking. We use the word bad and we, we talk to ourselves like with such disrespect and a lack of self-love and we don't even really realize it. And I think that during divorce, it's even more so because you just have so little self-confidence and people who are getting divorced aren't really themselves. They're like a different, they're like a shell of themselves can be. I'm not saying everyone, Mm -hmm. but even the most confident person can just turn into somebody who is really hard on themselves, no self-esteem, unsure of themselves, unable to make good decisions because you're just not yourself. So a couple examples of self-talk that's negative for people going through a divorce. The first one is, I'm not sure if I'm going to be okay. I don't know if I can handle this. And that could mean anything. That could mean financially, being a single mother, anything. I'm not sure if I'm going to be okay. I don't know if I'm capable of this whole thing, of getting through this. And that's just so not true. So a better way, if you find yourself thinking that, like maybe to reframe it and say, I'm going through a hard time, but I'm capable. I can do this. I'm a smart person. I've made it through life for 45 years or however old you are. And I'm going to be just fine. It sounds like so simple, but it really works if you make a conscious effort to do that. Well, sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things, right? And so if you just take it one step at a time or one statement at a time, or actually just starting to acknowledge for yourself, like I say, you know, I'm having a bad hair day or I'm fat today. I can't fit in anything. You know, if you just kind of take those things away from your vocabulary, just one statement at a time. And for us in the financial world, it is never, you know, I, I'm never going to understand this. I can't handle my budget. I can't, I can't write a check for myself. Although people don't write checks anymore, but um, I can't understand what that statement means. You don't have to. You have to just say, I have this statement in my hands right now. You know, next month I'm going to see if the numbers change, or next month I'm going to see what information has changed on that statement. And if you just take it one t- step at a time, you don't have to know, have the answers to everything all the time. But we are our own worst self-critics. I mean, it's terrible. I'm guilty of it myself. It's terrible. Why, why are women like that in, in particular? <laughs> well, you bring up such a good point, especially when it has to do with finances. Women are really insecure about it. And they'll say stuff like, 
I'm really bad with numbers. My husband handled all this. I, I just don't, I can't deal with this. And a better way to say that is, okay, I can't deal with this today, but I'm going to sit down with Catherine and Karen or your financial advisor or someone, and I'm going to have to learn. And I want to tell your listeners that if you're listening and thinking, oh, that's so, that's not me, I'm never going to learn. You are among tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of women who were in the same shoes, got divorced and knew nothing about money and investing and bill paying and finances. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. But now that you're getting divorced, you have to learn it. And you will. And like Catherine said, step by step, day by day, you don't have to learn everything all at once. You just take it day by day. That's so true. And I help, I try to help people understand that it almost becomes an exercise of growth and learning. Like you don't have to do it all today. I do a lot of the budgets work and the lifestyle analysis here at uh, My Divorce Solution. And when I get on the call, invariably the person will say to me, those things you said, I'm terrible with numbers. I have to tell you, I buy a lot of shoes. I have no idea what I spend. I don't know how to do this. This is overwhelming and the list goes on and on. But, you know, I try to explain to them, it's okay. First of all, it's okay. No one's judging. This isn't about how you spend your money. It doesn't matter how you spend your money. We're just documenting it. But really trying to help them understand that let's start with what you do know, because there are things that you do know. And just start there and building it out, building it out. And I love that you said, I am capable because everybody is capable. Now, you may need support. You may need help until you get your sea legs. And that's OK. But, but we all are capable of doing really hard things. And so I like that you said that. If somebody doesn't have a high school degree, even they can learn this. And most people either went to high school or college or even grad school, and they don't know this. And that's so true that they are capable. And another thing that's going to happen is once you start learning and you start building on things, then you get really into it and you feel empowered and happy about it. And then it becomes exciting because you understand. And then like Karen or Catherine, you guys might say, okay, now let's talk about this. And now they, they're feeling good because they know they have the ability to learn it. And they're like, okay, what's next? So really, it's, a, it's really a great process. The hardest part is getting started. I'll tell you, you know, you're making me think of a client of ours right now. And in the beginning, she was like, I don't know any of the not finances. I've never been privy to it. It's the same story. I've raised the kids. And she was quite embarrassed. <laughs> and I actually teared up about it in the beginning of our process. And it, it was heartbreaking for me to watch. And, you know, with our process, we see them transform quick, slowly, and then quickly as they're moving through that process. And man, Karen, as soon as they say this, you're going to know who I'm talking about. She sent an email out to her spouse this week, a reply to him. And I literally, my response to her was like, oh my gosh, awesome. I was so proud of her for her response. It was professional. It was kind. It was, this is all about finances. It was to the point. She was her own advocate. She stood behind the knowledge that she received and delivered it to her spouse, probably in a way that he was never, he was probably blindsided. And did not say one mean word to him. 
And I was just, and it was long, right, Karen? And you know who I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. I, I'm just, I could tear up thinking about her because she went from so afraid to look at a number or actually even go to the IRS and get a statement that now she's turned into her own advocate just by having that financial knowledge. She's, she has, feels so confident. And for us, it's why we do what we do. And you know what else? That bleeds over into your love life, the way you live your life. Because now if you feel financially independent, you don't have to worry about like, what if I don't meet someone? What if I'm alone forever? That's another negative self-talk. And if you are financially capable and you understand everything, that leads to independence. And then you don't need anybody. Not that you're not going to meet anyone. If you want to meet someone, that's great. But you're not going to have so much pressure on yourself. Like, I'm going to tell your listeners, and this is something I'm not proud of at all. When I first was getting divorced, I was looking for husband number two. I'm like, I don't want to go back to work. I, I'm used to a certain lifestyle, and I'm going to just find a husband. Well, guess what? It was the worst plan in the world. All I did was date all the wrong people, didn't get treated well. Relationships never worked because I wasn't happy with myself, and I wasn't doing anything. And I mean, I'm not going to say that. I was a mom. I was a good mom. I think I'm a good mom. But I just, and I don't want people to think that I don't have any respect for stay-at-home moms either, because I do. But what I'm saying is when I got empowered and I changed that strategy to I'm capable and I'm going to better myself in many ways and I'm going to get a job. And by the way, I had a whole financial plan done and that's how I knew I needed to get a job because I was the same way. I was the shoe person. I bought a lot of shoes. I didn't know what I was spending. and and so that that feeling capable leads to independence and leads you to feel like I don't need a guy. I just want a guy. And that's such a better, healthier way to look at things. Exactly. Oh my God, it reminds me of a comment my mom used to always make. I say, Mom, why do you need the new iPad that came out? Like your iPad's fine. Well, I don't need it, Catherine, but I want it because she wanted to stay on top of like the new technology. So she's like, it's never about what I need. It's about what I want at this point in my life. And I was like, oh, love good. her. That's yeah. great. <laughs> and if you don't have that plan in front of you, you, you can't decide if you have the resources to support your needs and wants and then what you want to do about it, right? So your divorce settlement may or may not meet your needs and or wants, but you then get to decide what you're going to do about it. So I love that too. And what you're going to do about it is when you know more, you're more empowered to make good decisions. Now you can say, with the help of Karen and Catherine, maybe do I want to sell my house, have ha a mortgage payment that's half, but now maybe I can keep my part-time job and not have to go back to work full-time. I mean, it's all these choices <laughs> And when you have the information, it's really scary, by the way, to look at it at first. But once you have all that information, you have so much power to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's scary to look at it when you have the information, but it's much scarier to look at it without the information. Right. So true. And you'll pay for it down the road, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie, what are other self-talks that people say to themselves? Okay, you guys tell me if this is something you've heard. 
I'm old, fat, and ugly. And no one's <laughs> gonna, who's gonna want me? That's what every single person getting divorced says. I'm old, I have wrinkles, I'm fat now, I've gained so much weight. Who's gonna want me? Mm-hmm. Okay, how about reframing it and saying, I'm a great person. If I want to lose a few pounds and get healthier, I'm just going to start taking walks every day, or I'm going to maybe join a gym and try a couple yoga classes. You don't, these are again, small decisions, just like the finance discussion we just had. You can just go take one step at a time, try one yoga class a week for a month, go for a walk for 10 minutes a day for one week. Um, But it's not all about weight. Um, And by the way, I met the love of my life at 49. And I believe that and hear about women who are meeting people at 50, 55, 60, even in their 70s and falling in love. And instead of saying, I'm old, no one's going to want me, make a list of reasons in your head or write them down and say, why would somebody want me? Um, Because I have a great sense of humor. I'm smart. I'm passionate about blah, 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 list all of your good qualities and stop focusing and talking negatively about what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Confidence brings a lot of attraction. So the more confident you are, the more you'll attract to you. Well, I once read an article, I think it was in like Mademoiselle magazine. This was like 30 years ago. And they said that, did you know that men see women 10 pounds lighter than they they see themselves. And so I said, well, you just lost 10 pounds. (laughs) Because men don't care. We are so critical. And I have talked to men who have said that they loved women who might have been overweight. They didn't care. It was the woman who cared. Like this one guy was telling me a story of how he went out with this woman and the first time they ever had sex, she was so, he thought she was beautiful. And he's like, I didn't care that she was a little overweight. So am I, I couldn't care less. But she was so self-conscious about it, made it so uncomfortable that it was very unattractive. And also you could be really skinny and beautiful and still feel that way and be really awkward too. It's all from what is within and what you're exuding and what is coming from you inside. I truly believe that. And men are so attracted to confident, independent women. And for your listeners, if you do know your financial situation, that is a huge turn on to men. They like that. They don't want to take care of somebody, especially after divorce. They want independence and a partnership, not a woman leaning on a man or a man leaning on a woman. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That's so true. And, and and that, you know, I say this, you know, just to be able to talk about current topics in the news, you know, the, the markets are always on. And so men will always talk about something in the news and money somehow circles around it. So if you could just know the terms or the words or the, be able to have some kind of communication about it and not knowing everything, you know, just knowing that there is a stock market. Or knowing that, you know, there's a problem in the banking industry, if there's a problem in the banking, just being aware of the current events in the financial world will not only make you feel more confident to sit and listen to other people talk about it, and it will also make you feel more confident to talk to your partner or your friends about it. 
um, just because you can partake a little bit of the conversation rather than retracting and saying, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know any of this. You know, that's the other negative talk. I don't know any of this. You know, my dad used to say, Catherine, you, your eyes are brown because you have your foolish bullshit because you have the gift to gab. I will always just pick up something that somebody, I'm just a sponge of people because I may have heard it in this conversation. I'm going to take it to my next conversation, but I just feel so confident in any conversation because I'll just grab something, even if I don't know everything about it and be able to have that be a part, be a part of a conversation in some way, shape or form without retracting to the back of the room. And I want to say something about the stock market that I think is interesting. So something you guys don't know about me is that my first job out of college in 1987 is I worked at a brokerage firm and I ended up getting my series seven license. So you would think I knew all about the stock market and I do know some stuff. But I have to be honest with you, I still don't really understand exactly how it works. So that's okay if you if you just have a broad sense and you just read some stuff, you'll have enough to be able to understand and have a conversation with people. Do you guys agree? Like, I just don't know exactly. You don't have to know everything, just the broad picture. Well, I'm glad you say that because in our financial portrait, in the deliverable of the portrait, we have a page of definitions and they're definitions that you'll hear throughout the divorce process, just terms that we're not used to on a day-to-day basis. And at first I thought, well, gosh, doesn't everybody kind of know what that is? And why is that in there? It's because not everybody knows and you need something to a resource to look back. And so that when you hear this word like interrogatory, and you read what it actually is, then when you hear it, when you're sitting somewhere, you're not so scared about it because you just read a little definition about it. And that's why we have that page in there, just so you a little layer of fear comes off because you've heard these words already. I wish I would have had that when I was getting divorced because my lawyer was saying all these words and I had no idea what they were. And then he was sending all of the documents over to my ex-husband and my ex-husband would call me screaming, saying, I can't believe you're doing this to me. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, really, I didn't even know Mm. what these orders were about or what I was asking for. Terrible. Yeah, Yeah. that's sad, right? And it's still happening, which is even sadder. Mm-hmm. So sad. So true. It can be better. We can all do better, and you can do it. This concludes this episode on negative self talk in divorce how to reframe the way to speak to yourself about finances. It's important. Jackie, how can our listeners find you, learn more about you, and join your community? I have one website where you can find everything, divorcedgirlsmiling.com. That will take you to the podcast, the mobile app, my trusted professionals and videos. And I offer a free consultation, a 15 minute talk with me where I listen to you, address your concerns and make recommendations. That's awesome. I love that. I love how I'll be calling you in about 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I I love um, when I read on your website that DGS is kind of like the Starbucks where you go to talk about divorce and get that personal support. So that was great. Thanks again for a fantastic conversation, Jackie. 
thanks you guys so much for having me and thank you for doing a wonderful thing for people. I think anybody would be crazy not to work with you, honestly. Thank you. Thanks. If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.